You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. I believe it's a new day and I'm just tired of the devil, man. I'm sick of this guy. Just take a break. Get out of here. Try and take our high schoolers, our young adults. There's like this thing out there like, oh, I, you know, I want to have my own testimony. So I want to like, you know, I, like there's almost like a pressure to go out there and, and be prodigal for a season because then you'll have a testimony. That's a lie from the devil. I believe the greatest testimonies are the ones that were like, yeah, I just, I just stayed in church. I just stay following God. That's my testimony. I don't, I'm not ashamed of my testimony. I'm not embarrassed by it. It's not like, oh, he has a better one than me. What? No, I just believe it. That God wants to do something great. And I believe it. We're just seeing a, a new day. And young adults are going to come in here. They're going to find, they're going to find great relationship, great friendship. They're going to find the power of God. They're going to find their spouse in the house. Not some stupid website where you can just flick around till you find a fling. What? What kind of world is this? That's what people are living for. Just go on your phone, find someone to sleep with, and then tomorrow night do it again. And then we wonder why people are like jacked up, killing themselves, depressed. So what? So much greater. God has such a greater plan for us than that. Such a greater plan. So I don't want to preach long tonight. Last week in the morning, I shared a message. Well, Pastor Phil helped me preach it. Just Pastor Phil makes it easier to preach. But we, but I shared some stories about Jesus with some some healing stories he did. And just maybe you're new to C3 and you're wondering what's happening right now. This is not what I'm used to. Well, welcome to C3 Church. We're, we're a church that believes in the power of God. We believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We don't push the Holy Spirit outside because we don't quite understand Him entirely. We don't push Him out because we're scared about losing the handful of people that find that they can't get their head around it. So we're a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit church. We believe in signs and wonders and miracles. So last week I shared about I shared three stories that Jesus did. The lame man who was sitting around the pool. Some of you were there. If you weren't, I'll just quickly recap so you don't, because I'm kind of preaching a kind of a continuation on this message. And if you weren't here in the morning, I, want to, I don't want you to miss out, have major FOMO. But the first story we shared about was when, when there was a man by this, this pool and he's been lame for 38 years. 38 years, it's a long time. You know, you get a headache for an hour and you're thinking, oh my gosh, man, this is like, this is the devil. This guy had 38 years being, being paralyzed by a pool. So Jesus comes along and says, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus didn't help him up, didn't roll his mat up for him. He just said, stand up, take up your mat and walk. And he walked. Spoiler alert. We talked about the blind man, how the, a blind man came to Jesus blind from birth. And Jesus spat on the ground, made mud, put it in his eyes which is kind of a crazy thing when you think about it, but hey, it's Jesus and it worked. 
but Jesus puts the mud in his eyes and he's not healed straight away. He has to go and wash. He has to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And it was when he went and washed is when he got healed. And we talked about the story of the 10 lepers, how 10 lepers came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, can you heal us? We've got leprosy. Come on, help us out. And Jesus said, okay, well, all right. You're healed, but just go, go show yourselves to the priests. And as you go, you'll be healed. So as they went, they were healed. Each story has one thing in common. Jesus put responsibility back onto the, each, each party to go and get their miracle. The responsibility was for, the, was for the, the lame man was to get up himself and walk. The responsibility for the blind man was to go find himself at that pool and wash himself. The responsibility for the 10 lepers was to, to go and, and go to the priests. And on their way to the priests, that's when they got their miracle. Sometimes your miracle will come to you and sometimes you need to go to your miracle. And tonight I wanna to preach just one more story. Well, two more stories kind of intertwined together as we continue on talking about the miraculous and some of the stories that Jesus did. The, the title of my mini message, because it's not a full message tonight, it's a mini message, is Desperation and Expectation. Desperation and Expectation. Let's go to Mark chapter five. We're gonna read Mark 5, 21 through 43. And then just so no one's surprised, full disclosure, we are going to allow a few minutes at the end to pray for anybody who is sick, ill, whatever you're carrying tonight. I'm just gonna tell you up front, we're gonna pray for you if you'd like us to, and we would really love you to let us do that in a moment. So Mark 5, verse 21, when Jesus had crossed over by the boat, by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around Him while He was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. When he saw Jesus, he fell at His feet. He pleaded earnestly with Him, my little daughter is dying. My little daughter, is dying. Please note, it's an important part of the story. She's not dead, she's dying. She's dying, but she's not dead yet. Please come put your hands on her so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around them. Must have been hard being Jesus because you'd go around places and there'd just be a, a massive crowd trying to get to him, pressing around him. Verse 25, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she got worse. So this is the scene, you've got Jesus going from point A to point B to pray for this guy's daughter who's dying. You've got a crowd pressing around Jesus. You've got all kinds of commotion happening. And then you've got this lady who's been unwell for 12 years. For 12 years, unwell. She spent all of her money on trying to get well. She's done everything she possibly could. She's tried everything. She's tried keto. She's tried yoga, hot yoga. She's tried doctor after doctor, specialist, sends her to another specialist, to another specialist. You ever get a medical bill in the, in the, in the, in the mailbox and you, didn't, you nearly have to go to the doctor to, because of the bill? She, it's like, I was, in, I was in the ER room once for like three minutes and it was $3,000. Well, that's $1,000 a minute. That's what this lady was dealing with. She'd lost all of her money trying to deal with a natural problem. This is why we are not afraid of 
of preaching the power of God because we live in a world where people are looking to natural solutions when they need to be looking to a supernatural God. There are some things that are not solved in the natural, but they are solved in the supernatural. So this lady, she heard, she, in verse 27, she hears about Jesus. She comes up behind Him in the crowd and she touches His cloak. Remember, this is a large crowd. This would have been a difficult task for this lady, especially in her ill state, her tired state, to push through a crowd to get to Jesus. I found in, in life that there are miracles sometimes you have to fight for. Sometimes, sometimes the miracle comes to you. Sometimes, like we just talked about, Jesus gives you a miracle and you gotta go walk it out. But then there are some miracles you just gotta fight for. There are some miracles you just need to fight for. And you just need to put your gloves on and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in this ring and I'm gonna get this miracle. And some Christians have lost their fight. But there's a mir- some miracles you need to fight for. I haven't got time to share the story, unfortunately, but when Emma and I bought a home here a few years ago, that was a, a miracle that I had to, we had to fight for that. We just wake up one day and have a miracle home. We had to fight for that thing. I looked at 200 houses over 12 months, made offers on 30 houses. It's ridiculous. I feel sorry for our realtors and my wife. But I figured, well, we left behind three houses in Australia to come here, so I'm gonna be calling in my miracle in here. But that's a miracle we had to fight for. And it's a long story and I haven't got time to share, but there are miracles in our life that we have to fight for. Oh yeah, yeah, marriage is, is kind of it's kind of tough. I don't know if we can if we're gonna be able to pull it. It's a it's a miracle you gotta fight for. It's a miracle you gotta fight for. I don't know if I can overcome this temptation. It's a miracle you're gonna have to fight for day after day. That's why I love this lady. Because she was willing to fight for her miracle. And she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realised that power had gone out from Him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Even His clothes had power. That's pretty cool. That's pretty special there. If I was Jesus, this would have been the perfect time to release a clothing line. I'm just saying. Enrique, this would have been, I mean, He should have struck when the iron was hot carpentry, but whatever. So she touches his clothes. She gets healed. Verse 31. You see the people crowding around you. And yet you ask, who touched me? Jesus kept looking to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Not my faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. This is awesome because this gets me off the hook. Because so often people look to the man of God or the woman of God for their healing. But Jesus didn't say this, that my faith has healed you. He said, your faith has healed you. He said, your desperation has healed you. You fighting your way through the crowd to get to my cloak has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. 
why bother the teacher anymore? So situation we talked about before where the daughter was dying, now she's officially dead. The daughter has gone from dying to dead. And this is where their faith taps out. They said, don't bother the teacher, let him go because she's dead now. They they hit their faith ceiling. They had enough faith that Jesus might be able to help her if she was dying, but not enough faith if she was already dead. When I read this story, I, I have to ask myself, where's my faith ceiling then? Because each and every one of us has some kind of faith ceiling. For these guys, it was, well, she's dead. That, that's it. You know, before when she was dying, there was maybe, maybe, maybe some chance there, but now she's dead. It's kind of like, yeah, I, I, believe that, I believe God can heal my headache, but I don't know about, I don't know about that cancer. It's kind of like, yeah, I think, I think God can heal my toothache, but I don't know if He can heal my, my panic attacks. Like, like it's too hard for Jesus to, to do a miracle. Like, like there are certain things He's like, oh, it's too hard. Headaches, lower back pain, those things are easy. Terminal illnesses, oh, that's, that's tough. But last time I checked, we have a God who is able to do anything. We have a God who who looks at any problem, big or small, and He has the power to heal. He has the power to heal. He created the whole universe in six days. I think He can heal whatever you're facing today. So I look at this story and I think, what is my level of faith? What is my level of expectation? Where is it? Am I limiting God? Am I limiting God to what He is possible, what, what is possible through Him? Verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. And then Jesus did not let anyone in except for Peter, James and John. When they came to the home, they saw a, he saw a commotion, He saw people crying and wailing and He went in. Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at Him after He put them all out. I love that. He took the child's father and mother and the the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. So in this moment here, Jesus had to ask some people to leave. Some people who didn't have the faith for what needed to happen. Just makes you wonder, like two perspectives. The first one is, is there anybody close by that you need to kind of reassess having them that close in your household because they don't have the faith that, that, that. And the other perspective is, gosh, imagine being one of those people kicked out. That's like, that's like FOMO. I wonder what kind of rooms I wouldn't get to go in because of my faith or lack thereof. Interesting perspective. He took her by the hand and He said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the little girl stood up and she began to walk around. She was 12 years old and she went to Alliance every Sunday at the 10 a.m. service. Bam, shout out, that was for free. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. 
nuggets or chicken strips. It's her choice. I'm a strips guy. That's just me. So in this passage of Scripture, we see Jesus do really at the same day, the same time, whatever, two different miracles. We see Him do the miracle with the woman with the condition of blood, which He didn't really have to do too much for. He was kind of just walking through and, and it kind of happened. And then we see Him raising the little girl from the dead. And the question that I ask myself from the woman with the condition of blood is, how desperate am I for the power of God? How desperate am I for a miracle? And I'm not even just talking about a miracle for you. Think bigger than that for a second. How desperate are you for, for God to move in your high school? How desperate are you for God to do something amazing in the company you work for? How desperate are you to see God do a miracle in somebody else's life? That's the question I ask myself. And I'm inspired by this lady who had the condition because she had desperation. And if she didn't have desperation, if she was apathetic about it, she never would have gotten her healing. It makes me wonder what kind of conditions do I have in my life that I don't have to have anymore? Because she could have just said, well, you know what, I've had it for 12 years. I've already learned how to live with it. I may as well just keep, keep at it. I mean, it's not gonna kill me. I'll just keep on going through life. The devil wants to lie to you and say to you, you know, that's just part of you. That's just who you are. That's how you were made. You've got a deficiency. You're sick. It's, it's a thing that's been passed from generation to generation. But I love the lady here with the condition of blood because she says, you know what? I could live with this thing, but I'm choosing not to because I'm desperate for a miracle. I know God has a bigger life for me than this one that is sick. How desperate are you? How desperate are you? The question I ask myself when I read the story about the little girl raised from the dead is, where is my faith expectation? Do I believe that Jesus can heal dying, but He can't heal dead? What a crazy thought to think if that father had listened to his so-called friends and said, yeah, you know what, you're right. Let's not bother the teacher. He's probably pretty busy. Just healed somebody with blood, whatever. Like he's, he's, just, he's doing lots of things. Let's, let's let him continue on. Imagine if the father had allowed his faith expectation to lower to where his friend's faith expectation was. So to wrap this up, on one extreme, we could be apathetic, unexpected, just cruise through life. Don't believe in the power of God. Whatever's meant to happen will happen. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. The Beatles. It's a catchy song, but it's a terrible way to live your life. Millions of people have sung that song over the years. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. When you find yourself in times of trouble, when you find yourself with a bad doctor's report, when you find yourself and you made a mistake and you're in big trouble, when you find yourself in financial trouble, let it be, let it be. When you find yourself 
in divorce court and, you, and you're just not sure what, what is gonna happen here. Just let it be, just let it be. That is the extreme wrong way, I believe, to live. The other extreme, which is what we're about here at C3 Church, is the expectant, the expectant Christian that is like the woman with the condition of blood who is expectant for a miracle. She is expectant for her miracle. And there's a level of expectancy and and there's a level of of desperation that you and I have to have in our lives. And I believe that even even tonight, that there are people in this room tonight in just a two minutes time, we're gonna be praying for some people and and you need to get expectant for a miracle from God. You need to get a little more desperate for a miracle of God. I know it may not be easy. It may not be easy for the lady with the blood to push through the crowd, to fight her way through, but I'm telling you, when you and I can become a little more desperate for our miracle, and when you and I can become expectant for our miracle, I'm telling you there are miracles in this place tonight, but it needs somebody who's a little expectant to go out there and get it. It's it's for somebody who's a little desperate to see God do something in their life. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 